Folks, they say you never get a second chance to make a first impression, which is why we make sure the first impression is also our last. That's right, it's As You Know, the podcast that gets right to the good stuff from your favorite shows by covering its first and last episodes, and that's it. I'm Ian Benson. This is Travis Marmon. What's up? That's Matziani. Hello. And he's 22 minutes late to the recording and owes me $540, Stephen Doughton. In my defense, I was ready to go, except I didn't have any of my recording equipment. So you were not ready to go. In my defense, <laughs> was I was completely ready, ready to, go. to jump out of that airplane, and then I jumped out and didn't have a parachute. Well, I didn't jump out. I, I was realized mentally that ready to go. I realized that I needed to land my plane, get a parachute, and fly back into the air. And I did. And everyone had to wait for me, and I'm sorry about that. Today, we are here in our second episode to talk about Six Feet Under. Last week, we talked about Supernatural as our pilot for this program of pilots. Today, though, we start what will be the format going forward, where we will each take a turn to make a pick. And this week, Travis kicked us off by picking Six Feet Under, a show that IMDb describes as the chronicle, a chronicle of the lives of a dysfunctional family who runs an independent funeral home in Los Angeles. The show was created by Alan Ball, uh, though it is disputed where the presence comes from, Alan Ball, of course, was fresh off of winning the Academy Award for American Beauty at this point, and his contributions to the show, his or his contributions to the network at HBO, signaled a major boon for the ongoing prestige of the of the network. This was probably this is two years after The Sopranos. Yeah, I was going to say it's like one of their earlier shows. There's Oz and The Sopranos, but this is the like another of the we have and then cinematic a year ambitions. after this is The Wire. Yeah. Um, it premiered on the uh, it premiered on HBO on the United States on June third, two thousand and one. So it's twenty year anniversary. It'll be coming up soon, and it ended on August twenty first, two thousand five, spanning sixty three episodes across five seasons. It starred Peter Krause, Michael C. Hall, Francis Conroy, Lauren Ambrose as members of the uh, um, Fisher family. Fisher family, as you can tell. Yes, the notes there stopped there. Now, uh, Travis. Why also you important tell us to note, this ended the same year Supernatural began. <laughs> Hmm. Um, <laughs> when you say it like that, Travis, why don't you tell me why you picked this TV series? Yeah, so Six Feet Under is one of my favorite shows. Uh, the primary reason I picked it is because its finale, I think, is like, A, it's a very famous finale, and B, it's one of the funniest finales that you could watch with no context um, based on the final ten minutes of it. Uh, I love this series for a number of reasons, but I think... Uh, a big part of it is when I watched it, it was when uh, it was during a very morbid time in my life um, where a lot of people I knew were dying uh, right after college. And it's a show that's about grief and accepting grief and understanding we're all going to die someday and you don't know when your time is up and how to just deal with that. It also, I think, has probably the best dysfunctional family writing out there. Um one of the writers is Jill Soloway, who wanted to create Transparent, which uh, was really good for two seasons and then uh, wasn't, but also had really good dysfunctional family writing, so that makes sense. So Joey uh, Soloway. I, oh, are they Joey now? I thought they were. I thought, okay. and I wanted to double check I on that. I the pronoun Joey change. Soloway. I didn't know the first name change. Yep. Um, we apologize here. 
Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, I want to make a lot of jokes about why Travis liked this show. And unfortunately, because I understand so much of the context he's talking about, I no longer want to make those jokes. But you're, you're going to make, make them anyway. That's fine. I am going to make We're the gonna jokes. We're going to make them anyways. Yeah. I think I think the thesis of this show. My the final thought was six feet under death. It is the end. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It is. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm going to disagree because I, having watched a season of Six Feet Under about more than a decade ago, because my brother's friend, one of my brother's friends, really liked the show. And lent him, like, the box set of season one. So I watched the box set of season one mm-hmm. at some point. And then I was just like, I remember, like, a little bits of it. That's all really it. Uh, watching the first and the last episode, those aren't hallucinations. Those are clearly ghosts. They're there and really there. I've been watching Dragon Ball Z Kai, so I know death is not the end. Where, you just need to collect where, the balls. Where is Rush Limbaugh in the snake way? Goku hasn't told me. <laughs> it kind of it kind of seems like in this show there are both ghosts and hallucinations and we should be able to tell the difference between them I don't based think on it, I would argue just, the device of the show isn't hallucinations or ghosts it's just people projecting all the time. Yes, so, but. Yes, but but, but through I have the magic disagree- of cinema, Travis, yeah. and their physical presence, if what Stephen is a ghost, wants, really? if Stephen wants to make the argument they're a ghost, he can make that argument and the text supports it. Uh, let's God, see if they're, what else. Are, if they're not ghosts, then, I mean, does a single thing occur in this show other let's than having see. slow conversations <laughs> for fucking eight hours? Let's see what else happens in the show. Let's get into it. Because, yes. Matt, you've been the most silent on this, but you did text me this morning at three in the morning. That's when I, I finished was, it. No, I was I almost was, done. Uh, I was asleep. Three in the morning, three oh five in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. Jesus, six feet under is bad. Potentially the most boring show of all time. The first thing I saw when I woke up this morning, I rolled over, I saw what time it was, I saw two messages from Matt Ciani, I opened my phone and saw that, and I was like, oh, today's episode's gonna rule. Yeah, I realized about 20 minutes into the pilot that this was sort of like, um, for Matt specifically, it was gonna be like how when I did an internship at Cleveland's uh, NPR affiliate and they made me watch Downton Abbey to understand why millennials oh. like it. Um, <laughs> or just like, what's the, least, what's the least appealing show I could have for Matt's taste specifically? Was this. And then I got preemptively annoyed with him because he's gonna hate it. But also like, I understand it's truly as far from his taste in television as humanly possible <laughs> that I could have picked. I, uh, I Although there are some very there's some very matte plot lines in the series itself, but yeah, yeah, I wish CBA they would have appeared. <laughs> oh, I hate I I'll just say I hated the uh, I don't know if it was just moods, but I hated the pilot and really liked the finale. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, the the pilot has some very stage acting, and it feels like one of the it feels like. While the visual direction I really actually enjoyed, it felt like some of the acting direction at times was pick a word, doesn't matter where it falls in the sentence, and shout it. <laughs> There's some yeah. that. And uh, like, and it's the just, acting and then, felt like a dark Hallmark Christmas movie. Also, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Uh, the like, 
origin fully of the show, it did feel like this was a thing that, like, maybe somebody had kicked around and was like, yeah, this could be a show. This could also be a movie. What if we condensed a lot of this? Because, like, I think now in the pacing, you'd be like, you'd have the death of the father, but the funeral for him wouldn't be in the same episode. Like, you'd take mm. some time with it. And it's just like, we're at the funeral. It's like, every, they're sprinting through all of this. It's just like... You know, yeah, this show I mean, we'll, this show we'll sprints get, through weeks at a time. I don't know how both. long the second episode took place. But Definitely weeks. Before we can talk about yeah. any of that, we have to start by saying Nathaniel Fisher, the owner of uh, Fisher and Sons Funeral Home, we the, the show opens uh, with him driving played a by, hearse. Played well, by the actually, god Richard Jenkins. Actually, I'm I'm sorry, I was wrong. The show opens with a fake ad. This yeah, was my favorite part of the show are, are weird, by far. A very much just the pilot thing. I wish they would have done more. Every time the like the screen went to white, I was like, "Yes, yes, a fake ad." <laughs> but it wasn't. These fake ads—they're so terrible, weird. but they're interesting. They're awful. I couldn't stand it, and I've been they are watching, a really interesting decision. I've been watching Wandavision, which does the same sort of thing, where it's just like here in the middle to break things up is this weird, strange fake ad because we're on a service where there's never going to be an ad, so we're going to use the ads to add like weird meta commentary to it right but i didn't like a single one no they're not funny they're not it, good it, but they it, were yeah. interesting it fucks with the tone in a really weird way like yeah. like it seemed quite self-serious uh, for a lot of it and then those were like were it's not and ah it, i couldn't tell what it was going for those really framed the show for me as like rather than a serious show which i think the uh, finale was trying to do like my experience of watching the pilot and then assuming that they kept doing that for the rest of the time was oh this is like Doug Stanhope comedy edgy bullshit like <laughs> 9-11 needs to happen to these people so badly this is so close to 9-11 happening it's, yeah. but it's gonna... so before it because the moment he gets up the moment Nate gets off the airplane and it's like, my dad's supposed to be here. And I was like, what do you mean he's supposed to be at the gate? You just got off the plane. He's in the car having to drive in circles because they won't let him park. My note was, did 9-11 change fucking in airports? Uh, I, I had this discussion last night, actually. I said, nowadays it probably happens once a year, like nationwide. Uh, but before 9-11, it probably happened three times a year something like that <laughs> like the like how often do you run into trinity from the matrix at the airport and i have <laughs> like it's yeah Bre- richard griffith's hair in this episode is so 2001 also oh my god <laughs> I, uh, based on the hair stuff. alone and 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 the plink 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 of the intro because there's a, it's a very plinky intro and 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 shows from 1996 to 2004 yeah. loved to plink they just loved the plink <laughs> and and I was like I would bet my entire life I had no I had no idea what the show was as you could tell from the last episode if you listened and, I, and from from the plinks I was like I would bet my entire life that this episode was made sometime between 1995 and 2005 I would bet I would literally. <laughs> bet my life on it (laughs) (laughs) the plink era of tv (laughs) i just really like that somebody some cool villain is making you bet like showing you a single episode of your um, life (laughs) like pick a decade (laughs) but also it's just like it's a show you haven't seen before so they're showing you like a single episode of get a life 
the Chris Elliott TV show and they put a gun to your head and like, what year is this from? What year is this from? And you're like, 1995. And then they're like, 1990 and pull the trigger. Um, it's a really sick version of that game you'd play at the amusement park where you had to guess your weight with like plus or minus three. Just like where you kill the person guessing if they get I, the weight wrong. I want to get into the show. I do want to get back to something Matt said about fucking in an airport, and I just need to w- know where this fits into a thesis uh, put forward by one of America's leading philosophers. Uh, when he said, in New York, you fuck on the subway. In Los Angeles, you fuck in a car. <laughs> Everywhere else is normal. I don't make the rules. Matt, you tweeted that January 4th, 2020 at 11.54 p.m. Where does, where does fucking in the airport fit into that? Because you say everywhere else is normal. Now, this is Los Angeles where they are. Where yeah, they have so landed. this isn't realistic. They're not in a car. <laughs> that's, I think I just, that's very clear. I mean, I did, I did go to a person's house a few months ago. And, th- and they were like, yeah, me and my boyfriend fucked on the dart today. And that's a, just like the, the, the train. Okay. And I was like, what? Oh, you're not okay. in New York City. Yeah, well. So the show. It's an above ground train. It's above ground. Above ground. With the god Richard Jenkins driving a hearse and smoking a cigarette. Cool guy. Looking cool as hell. I <laughs> wish this were me. <laughs> Out here, all episode in both episodes, pure vibes. Yep. Motherfucker looking like motherfucker wearing an all black suit, looking cool as shit. At one point, he is wearing an outfit that I will describe as a CIA agent who goes native in a James Bond movie. <laughs> like when he's sitting on top of the car with the shorts and the butt and the, oh, the pattern button down and the coconut, he looks like he's gonna refer to James Bond as Jimbo. <laughs> like <laughs> And I love, I love Richard Jenkins so much. Yeah. And it's great that Richard Jenkins is one of those guys who was born old, but thus hasn't <laughs> also aged. Like, it's this thing where you're like, this is 16 years before um, uh, Shape of Water. And the only difference there is he's got, like, the hair has grown out on the sides and he's got a beard. Oh, right. That's what I've seen him in. He's also in uh, Burn After Reading as the mm-hmm. saddest character in that movie. Yep. <laughs> He's in so many things as the saddest character, except for here, where he's the only happy yeah, one. Yeah, where he's the king vibes. Of the vibes. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's absolutely so much happier than everybody <laughs> but, else. Yeah, he's, he's on the way to pick up his son, uh, Nate, who's just flown in. It's it's Christmas Eve, I, I guess, or around then. Yeah, Christmas Eve. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's smoking. His wife's able to tell, and she's like, can you stop and pick up that soy dr- dr- stuff that Nate drinks instead of milk? Whatever it's called, because it's 2001 and soy milk isn't apparently fully in the cultural. <laughs> and and uh, Nate lives in Seattle, so he's like, it's uh, all so he's really crunchy. It's all so fucking dated. It's crazy yeah. how dated it is in the first <laughs> three minutes. Yeah, and and she's like, "Are you smoking? I can tell you're smoking. You shouldn't smoke because if you smoke, you're gonna die a slow and painful death." Except he doesn't because he's a TV character. And you know what happens to people? You know what they love to be doing in TVs? Bending over uh, in a car while they're driving through just intersections. Full on, no, not even. You're just people be getting hit by buses all the time in TV. <laughs> yeah. Watch the 11 minute supercut of people getting hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. That sound of a bus horn, and then, and it's I like it's in my mind the sound of a bus horn, and then just like, yep. but it, you get the bus horn, and then what happens next is like. And now it's an ad for McDonald's because the bus horn happens, you hear a crash, and there's a commercial break. This being mm-hmm. HBO, you know, there's not that, but there's still that same vibe of bus horn, car crash. 
it doesn't pull back and be like, you know, people be like, oh my God, instead it's 60% just like... 60% chance it's a dream. 60% chance. Or, or like a hallucination or like, you know, a future site, which they do yeah. in this episode. This, yeah. There are yeah. so many, there's so many people be getting hit by buses all the time in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Except it only happens once. LA is a very dangerous place. Uh, Ruth, unaware in the kitchen, she cuts her finger open while uh, her, her son, David... Uh, it's just like, we didn't need a new hearse. I'm Michael C. Hall. This is my first role, and I speak English like I'm an English actor who's doing an American accent, despite the fact that I'm not. <laughs> he's acting so hard in both of these episodes. It's really hard yes. to watch. He's acting, yeah, he's acting quite hard. Also, this I loved is... her. I think this is the scene where she starts being like, he, he's, he, at least, at least he, he's getting new cars instead of leaving me for another woman who's hotter. And uh, I was like, okay, this is the vibe of this character. I, 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 I see. Ruth is, I think, the most annoying Fisher um, of all of them. David I, sometimes because he's such a tight ass, but Ruth I, and her constant mopery is a lot. I definitely wondered what the fan reaction to her is because she's bad in both of these episodes. But yeah. she has nothing to work with, but her character was just the, like, I'm a hysterical woman in the first one. And then you the second see, one You should just, see when she has a weird platonic affair with Rain Wilson. I mean, <laughs> should I? I never got to see her not mourning something. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, so we've, we've got, you know, we've, we're starting up, we're, we're, they're, they're doing a good job, at least in the pilot, of quickly getting us an idea of what these characters are like, because we're like, well, Michael C. Hall, the by-the-books son, uh, and we are going to use a lot of two-shot deep focus, which, mwah, mwah, I love, I love it, I love it <laughs> so much. Every time they did it, I was excited. Watching this, I was like, I was like, well, clearly Michael C. Hall, the person, is gay based on what I've seen him in <laughs> and this. And then I looked and I was like, nope. He has this weird quote about how like he doesn't consider himself bisexual, but he would not have sex with a man. Uh, and I was like, I guess people have asked him pretty directly, huh? But I guess, I guess hmm. my thought is like, why not cast a gay man to play this character? But okay, Steven, it's two thousand and one. This is the first like lead. This is the first show where the lead male, one of the lead male characters is openly, well, not openly, but it's like gay. This, so As is Alan Ball. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, it's, it's 2001. Society has, on, on these things has moved faster than, I th than we think for this being like, yeah, it's 2001. There wasn't really a like, major gay character who was at the center of the show like this one before. I, I was aware, you know, part of the things that I knew going into it is I was aware that the character of David has, like, a landmark romantic An interracial journey. gay relationship. Yeah. And I only have with one. With a cop. Yes. And I, and I, you know, and I don't even, <laughs> my biggest critique with this all is not the fact that it features the police. My biggest problem, his name is David. His partner, his, his later husband's name is Keith. The gay couple. <laughs> Keith David is nowhere is to be seen. named Keith David. It's Keith and David, and it drove me wild because I wrote it in my notes, and I wrote Keith and David, and then I looked and I went, "Fuck! <laughs> Why is he here?" To, shouts out to Keith David. We love oh. we love a Keith David. But so in in the establishing of everyone, looks like well, we got to show Nate real quick. How do we show Nate? And how do we show um, uh, Brenda? Brenda, thank you. I was like Rachel Griffiths. Trinity, yes, you, you know Trinity. Her as the uh, the. I mean, you know, they're like, let's establish these characters real quick. They fuck in the airport while 
and and the line is is he's like, "Huh, oh, my dad should be here. I guess he's running late, and something must have come up." She's like, "I can give you a ride," and he's like, "No, I mean he'll be here soon. You don't have to do that." And she's like, "Not that type of ride." They should not have had those two lines. It should have just been, "I can give you a ride. Cut the closet." Absolutely a better. Yeah. Do it. Then I'd be like, "Ah, okay, that's that's uh, ha, that's clever." Instead of like, "Not that kind of ride." And I was like, "Who talks like that?" Yeah, HBO characters that's a very, in two thousand one. They. they yeah, they learned how to. Yeah, writers learned how to not do that between 2001 and now. In the last 20 years, writers have learned how to not do that because if I see that today, I'm like, "Were you not alive in the 90s when they were doing that and it was bad, but everyone accepted it, and then we decided not to do that anymore?" But yeah, the audience learned what sexual euphemisms are. In the last 20 years, not that kind of ride. Winks at the camera. Winks again. Gets Does a real third close. Wink, just in case. Licks her lips as she says it. Points at him and says, I want to have sex with him. <laughs> we are introduced to the final member of the Fisher family that we that we really need to see. Claire. Claire's setup is calling David while he's working on a, a body in the funeral home. And she's just like, do I have to come to this party? I don't want to go, but I get, is Nate there yet? I seem to only like this one brother. I don't like you, but I don't really know that other brother. Anyways, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Bye. And we're like... Wow, yeah, we've got, you are the teenage girl, I don't know how old you actually are, though, character in this in this family. And she drives the green hearse, an iconic yeah. vehicle. Which, yeah, I want one. I mean... With the skull, with the skull thing extremely on. Extremely good. Cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, clearly the most attractive Fisher is Nate. Oh, uh, I mean, is that up for debate? But she's the Fisher I'd most likely to have a crush on. So. Nate is the Vampire well, Weekend pe- drummer looking guy. Right. <laughs> you're, yeah, I don't know what Vampire right. Weekend's drummer looks like. Yeah, I do, and you're right. <laughs> the other thing about Peter Krauss, the other thing about Peter Krauss is there's a bunch of actors on TV who also look like Peter Krauss that I always think are Peter Krauss for a second or are not, including... Yeah, think, because he's like boilerplate. Is, is it Garrett? The guy in Deadwood who kills Wild Bill and then comes back as a different character later. Both times I was like, oh, is Peter Krauss on this show? Oh, is that he Garrett Dillahunt? Like is, yeah, is that Garrett Dillahunt? Okay, yeah, yes. I see what you're talking about there. He looks like he was made in an attractive male factory. Like, just like one of those guys. Do you know who Peter Krauss is married to? Is he married to Lauren Graham or something? He is married to Lauren Graham. Which is Graham. weird because they played brother and sister that? on Parenthood. That's the from mom Gilmore from Gilmore Girls. Girls. Yes. Oh, He's married cute. to Lorelai. I can't believe right. that uh, that Landry uh, and Kristen met on Kirsten. the... Kirsten. met on the uh, on set of Fargo. That's so cute. They both got fat yeah. for that role, and then they fell in love while fat. That's so cute. <laughs> and Jesse Fleming stayed fat. <laughs> weird. Smart. Uh but yeah, it's very weird because yeah, Peter Cross and, and Lauren Graham played siblings on Parenthood. Uh, which is hey, and you know that. who else was married to somebody that they played a sibling with? Michael C. Hall. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he married Deborah on Dexter, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're divorced oh, now. But yeah. the the Fishers, huh. the actors, it's a weird family. Yeah, we meet Claire. She's going to the meth party. The best part about Six Feet Under's uh, meth teens. Meth young meth twenty something. I have no idea how old these characters must be. They're they're in high school, and the guy that she's swimming oh. meth with is credited as Claire's meth buddy, but eventually this, is named Gabe. And th- okay, the staff looks Eric, like if you looked at a normal guy while you were on crystal meth. Eric, um, <laughs> Eric Balfour, you have not done crystal meth, Matt. <laughs> it doesn't correct? matter. I feel like teens doing teens having a meth party is also a very early two thousands thing. Yeah, it was so weird. But the weirdest part about it, I didn't even give a shit about the drugs. 
Eric Balfour appeared, and I went, he's playing a teen again? <laughs> I don't know what else that, he's been in. That motherfucker, the one who you're describing that looked like what you know you would look like, what do you think a person looks like when you're on meth? Eric, he <laughs> played teens from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to the OC. He's literally in like the early episodes of all of both of those shows. He spent it's, ten years playing teens. <laughs> so maybe what, you know, what the OC years of his he might life like were they? Twenty one. It's like it is. It's this thing where it's like I think it's like from like twenty to thirty two or something like that. It's just this, <laughs> this run of being like in high school or playing a character who's like fresh out of high school or a character who maybe dropped out of high school. Like he's like the first person Buffy knows that gets turned into a vampire. He's Teresa's fiance who is maybe the, ba- the the baby's father in the OC who later like beats her it's all he's just always there and it was just this moment when he appeared on screen i was like are you fucking kidding me he just he <laughs> looks he, like, he a, like a perfect like gen x teen guy like oh. the the like as soon as teens stop looking like that that's the only reason why he stopped playing teens he could have played <laughs> teens well into his 40s if everybody kept listening to soundgarden like for another decade in a better world yeah he was on he appeared on buffy the vampire slayer clueless dawson's creek the west wing as frat boat frat row three um nypd boot blue 24 under six feet under the oc under. Damn. or 24 like four times the, uh, the show of this sorry <laughs> just this run of just six appearing feet under, on these but shows about torturing <laughs> prisoners <laughs> Michael C. Hall stabbing a corpse and like twisting the knife into it uh, instead of just like let's stitch it up. Let's but, keep yeah, going. So, we so, are yeah. Well, sorry. Characters. Yeah, because well, I mean, what happens then? I mean, when we get there from there is we're getting the we're getting everyone learning that the fathers died, and it starts with like Ruth getting the call as there's a funeral happening downstairs, and her reaction is to be is to. Throw the phone across the she room. She does the scene in Pootie Tang where Chris Rock hears Pootie's silent song and starts uh, throwing CDs everywhere or whatever, and she does it with the pot roast. I could describe the scene, Travis, or you could reference a movie that nobody has watched unless they know you personally. <laughs> it's from the same year as this. <laughs> I have. Is that seen supposed it. to? Is that supposed to be know. like? A, it was a, just the year. It was the year everyone was like, "That's how people freak out about stuff. They throw things." Classic. Right. Yeah, Everyone so she, hates a kitchen in this show. Yeah. Like in the in yeah. the pilot, everybody was like, "Fuck a kitchen!" I like I hate all the kitchen stuff. The kitchen throwing the kitchen stuff makes me feel better. I am an angry person. They had a surplus of kitchen That's, stuff in the uh, in the um, scene shop, so they were like, "I don't know, what could we break? We got a bunch <laughs> of kitchen stuff." <laughs> There's a character in this show who I, I, I imagine he's in later episodes, but I've only seen one scene that he's in, and he throws kitchen stuff. That's the only thing he ever does. <laughs> Which character was that? Yeah, who does that? Uh, the per, the it, I, I think it's uh, Trinity's partner. Her brother? Or you brother, about, okay. You're talking about Maybe. Billy? Yes. You, I don't know. Billy is in the finale also. Yeah, Jeremy's oh, okay. I didn't okay. Rec- I didn't recognize him because all I saw was his back. All you see is his back and him food. crying. Yeah, right. yeah or whatever. You're, you're, but he's, a very, he's an extremely important character I was incredulous. Because I, yeah, <laughs> I was incredulous because he walked on screen. I was like, oh, it's Jeremy Sisto. But if you're not me who doesn't know who Jeremy Sisto is. You just see you his back. Yeah, you wouldn't process the guy who walks in crying. You go, hey, it's Jeremy no. Sisto. And then when Jeremy Sisto appears in the finale and you go, hey, you made it the whole run i guess he makes the whole show a lot of long-term relationships made it pretty far he's the show he's the show's resident um 
problematic embodiment of how we view mental illness. Uh, that's his character. And that's great. But before we get to hmm. Billy, you know, we're getting everyone finding out. We get, we get, you know, Ruth throwing the pot roast. We get her telling David. We get David calling uh, Nate, who is like mid-coitus. His pants are off. His shirt is on. He's in the She's closet. sucking his nipple were, when he finds out. Yeah, Just, they were, they were then, done. Well, but like, they're, but she is sucking his nipple yeah, when he Travis, finds out. They're getting That's ready important. to. They're getting ready to like. They're, they're going right back at it. Because he's like, oh, I guess I should be going. I should probably look for my. Dad. Oh, that's him calling. But like, she's like, you know, like, let no, we can fool around some more. And he's like, I'm, what happened? What? <laughs> oh my god. And then you know we get Claire finding out, and she's like, I just smoked crystal meth, and my dad's died. I have <laughs> <Yeah>. to go. <laughs> that was a funny. Like, that's a funny idea. Yeah. It's so this show has fucking lots of pre nine eleven HBO. Shit, like we could show this because we could be edgy because we're HBO. Like that's how I read that, yeah. and almost every choice. That yeah, was made in the pilot. just like yeah, the drug being met, like like the drug could have easily been something that's not meth, but they were like, we have to make it the scariest drug because we're HBO. Yeah, this was a very sad party, also in general. Uh, Wouldn't go. I found out uh, no one, the, no the one party. even, no one knows about meth in Ireland. No one even knows where to get it meth? or who, anyone who does it, which is nice. It's just like a positive you, thing. You're you trying no to buy it. If you, no one knows, huh? if you no one knows what it is or where to buy it. They just don't know it by that name. Breaking, <laughs> Breaking Bad played in Ireland. And everyone was like, "This is about a fictional drug." <laughs> it's about jingle jangle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and we've got we've got David briefly also because you said this is a sad party. It's not as sad as the funeral it's at, where we've got David who uh, being is flirted hit, with. Yeah, and reacts to it by screaming in the woman's face. <laughs> because <laughs> relatable. <laughs> yeah, we get you know we get the really edgy shit from uh, Nate, and we still don't actually know her name at this point. It's just like wow, yeah, we just fucked complete strangers. Anyways, do you need a ride Isn't to the hospital cool. so that you can ID your dad's body? Okay, my biggest question about this, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but we're not going scene by scene. Why yeah. does she go in? Why does she go in? Like because she's dropping a, him she's off. A I understand. Freaky little weird lady. And I, I that's guess true. that's probably how I would describe Brenda throughout the show. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I literally wrote, "Is she sick? Like, is she sick? Like, she she might be like ill." For going in to this guy that she just fucked in the airport to be with him. No, nah, Brenda's. His... Steven, it's She's just a meet out cute. For this guy, yeah. It's just a meet cute. It's... Cute is a word for it. Yeah, it's a meet cute. That's what this was. Clearly. Obviously. Uh, and uh, what was also weird and strange is high as shit Claire driving. Cool. To... Why was she dri- Why did Nate let her drive? Yeah, it's just like you drive to the Morgan, like, well, clearly this has to be. They're either doing this because there needs to be, like, she's hiding it. But then she tells Nate at the hospital. Then he's like, well, I'll let you drive. But then get very mad at you for speeding. Yeah, that didn't make any I, damn sense. <laughs> yeah. None, these, these, none of, nobody acted like a person in this episode. Most people shouldn't be driving no. if their loved one just died in general. Uh, yeah. But especially, yeah. I realize they have limited options there. But, yeah, Nate is by far the most collected of them. This is just morbid arrested development. That's what I was going to say. It's Arrested Development, <laughs> but if instead of cramming every joke that they could into every second of the show, they crammed like... They crammed every sad thing. Yeah, sadness. 
And the the thing is, is like I, I recognize I've I, I've read the reviews. I've people I well, really Travis is like the only person I know who's actually ever watched the show. It's that show that like people are like one of the greatest shows of all time, and I and I'm like, who says this other than TV critics and Travis Marmon? <laughs> A guy with the taste know. of many TV critics, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, right. it's just it's funny to know all of that. Yeah, the watch pilot, this pilot is definitely again. a little shaggy. Well, it, it's I mean, there's just. There's it's like rough. parts where I, I understand, like you know, people will talk about like you know having really well written characters at a certain point, but in the pilot, you just have moments where it's just like we have to eat, Claire. We didn't die. <laughs> it's something it's... that like the mother shouts at one part, Oof. and I'm just like, uh, what's going on here, guys? But it is beautifully shot. The like the two the two shot deep focus that they would do when characters are talking, like. When when Ruth is slouched on the ground, that shit was excellent. I want to learn about that shit. Like, I'd like to learn about film techniques and stuff and have opinions on that stuff. But I do think strongly <laughs> Stephen, that... Stephen A. Smith, but... Yeah. In here. But! but <laughs> I do th- strongly think that people who get really into film and love that shit sometimes just, like, forget that there's like characters and a plot and like a story being told and are like, okay, this is my favorite movie because of how this was shot. And I'm like, okay, but this person isn't even a real character. And like they're, the themes don't make any sense. And the story is disjointed. But that's because that's what you like and want. Travis doesn't like lyrics, but he likes guitars. So he likes different types of music. It's all, all of these things it's are all, just... It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a melting it's, pot. I think you right, primarily, but, but I think you primarily are, need the stuff that... You uh, could have a song that is 100% guitar. You can't have a film that has no characters, no plot, and no themes. Yeah, you can. You definitely you can. You okay. can. Okay, 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 fine. And some of those rule. <laughs> then fucking watch those if you don't care about plot. Stephen is coming is for Kayana Squatsy fans. <laughs> yeah, but also, who is this straw man you're talking about? I no, said, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about real people. I'm talking about no, real people. But I, I was that, that man I was standing like, yeah. in the field. Over there. That's who I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Because I was because it came from me saying, you know, there's some parts I understand comes later, but boy, it's so well shot that it really carries through the beginning. And you're like, these people on the streets. I'm not. Tr- I'm not trying to throw you under any sort of bus, Ian. I'm. I'm just saying this is something that has annoyed me before, and I've never had the. Yeah. The, I mean, it's the, how okay. Birdman won Best Picture. You know. Yeah, yeah I've never had the opportunity to bring but it up. But the problem is, Stephen likes Birdman. I really like Birdman. <laughs> I think Birdman sucks. I think Birdman literally is only that part, and it's bad. For of that and he likes Birdman. This is the same reason why this is how we get Steven saying Mad Max Fury Road doesn't have a plot. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I learned that Steven's conception of plot is like an intricate anime that doesn't make any sense and needs to have like 37 characters. No, operating no, 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 in no, 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 that's that's so that's the best type of plot. That's not the only <laughs> type of plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ian, Ian's turning into David Fisher now. I am, I am the. I've been Don't let Ian it. in the kitchen anytime soon. <laughs> uh, what else happens in the pilot that we can get to? Uh, there's a funeral. Uh, we meet. Yeah, uh, we Dexter meet wants to smooch a cop. Uh, I mean, does smooch a cop? That's a. Mm-hmm. He's a cute cop, I guess. Well, he's Dude, been smooching the cop. Uh, Claire is like oh, as right. this like 
fucking uh, George W. Bush era leftism bot character does oh, not she, think yeah, the cop is cute or cool. And she says it multiple she times and it took hot. me out of it so far. I, I kind of I kind of like yes. that multiple people in the family are like, You're friends with a cop? I like that. I think that's a good yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. It's also it is it's another arrested development thing. The first episode has a character there's hot cops. Hot cops are here. <laughs> it is just arrested <laughs> development. Yeah, that's true. The hot cops there, yeah. We meet we meet Rico oh. in the morgue. They're the the house mortician. Whole show uh, should be about him. Home. He's, a, he's, very he's so fun. Loves his job. Loves to put people's ears back on. Proud of his work. Make the show about him. Fuck these other people. <laughs> he, is very proud, he is very proud of his work. He's just like, look at these two. This guy shot his wife in the face and then shot himself. I made him look like the tops of their wedding cake. And you're like, okay, dog. And, right, yeah, and then, like, and then like we cremated him. Total waste. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that, that was you. We cremated him. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Oh, what a Make waste. that scene. Rico, Rico is a f- Rico is a fun character with some really bad plots uh, over the course of the series. Sucks. Oh. Um, yeah, if I had been editing this show, I would have circled this scene and been like, "Keep only this. The rest of it." Uh, Matt, I, it's it's funny you say that because if I had to guess what your favorite scene was going to be, uh, I was going to guess that it was when um, Peter Krauss. Uh, I think it's cross. I swear to God that there's an accent on me. Anyways, when Nate, I when Nate uh, is talking about, he's like, right when I got out of school, you know, I, I dropped out of school and I traveled. To this Europe. one, yeah, yep. Oh. And yep. I, I was on the, I was on this <laughs> yep. boat headed to Sicily, <laughs> and I saw this cedar casket getting brought back. And the moment it got on the shore, these these old Sicilian women wearing all black just threw themselves at it. This wailing. And you're seeing some of the most outrageous emoting I've ever seen was... of these like women <laughs> writhing. And the thing that happens while this, you hear him say, it's just so real. And I was yeah. like giggling <laughs> in, de- in delirium and joy. Nate, Nate is a great um, annoying Gen X guy yeah. in so oh. many ways. <laughs> he was, I thought he oh, was the most realistic so... character on the show because of that. He is a guy. Yeah, so that and that happens at the funeral, and I mean, yeah, we get we get, you know, the hot cop showing up, and it's just like you know a cop. We get um, we get, I guess probably the most pivotal part of this episode, other than uh, uh, Richard Jenkins dying, is the mother revealing that she's been having an affair while she's hysterical and and breaking down, and at one point it's just like I'm I'm still a woman, you know, and she's just like weeping into Talking her, to her son, <laughs> and it's just like. Oh, this is. A, I I, re- this I really is liked her. Like he knows now, and God knows. Like when pe- <laughs> like I will say this, uh, because Christians are so often painted in a negative light in shows, uh, rightfully so. But because that happens, um, we we don't get like that sort of realistic Christian thought as much, especially now. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, people who think like this. Um, and, yep. and like, cause I grew up knowing people who thought like that and it's like, okay, I kind of like this, this little piece of thing. Mm. It's funny. Stephen saying that there's an anti-negative Christian bias in American television. No, no, sorry. The, the TV shows that I watch, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, should, no, I should, I I should clarify that. the TV shows that I watch. Somebody we, we also get the, the reverse of that when there's that woman who comes up to Nate and is like, he's in a better place now. And then she's like, who are you? No, I don't even yeah. know you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, then that's that? that's when he explains the whole like these Sicilian women. It was so real. <laughs> these Los right. Angeles Matt, actors Matt, we Matt's hired. Family. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what it was like at his grandpa's funeral or whatever. Uh, and I will. So the only thing, the only thing that really wraps up we, we, with this pilot that we have is we get 
the actual funeral. We get the salt shaker that they advertised earlier. I don't know what... We didn't really talk about uh, Michael C. Hall aggressively trying to stay in the closet. Yeah. Which is a very yeah, you're right. 2001 is, thing. Uh, how do you know this guy? We play racquetball together. Right. I love the you play racquetball with a cop. It's just like an increasingly <laughs> outlandish story. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine how it, they they broach this subject, but it is very silly. He's like, how many also, times? Keith, why are you coming over in uniform? I mean, like. That's exactly what a cop would do. Absolutely. I know. Oh, listen. But why do they do that? Every, any person who served loves every opportunity to wear, show up wearing their uniform. I love to be like, at a listen. funeral and be like, ah, a guy with a gun is here. <laughs> like, yeah. It makes me feel good. A great feeling. <laughs> Just in case, you know. Just make sure that the hysterical mother doesn't. Well, I make, mean, maybe with that gun, he could have stopped the evil bus mm-hmm. driver who ran over the dad, so. Sort That's of true. a reminder of what cops do. <laughs> evil, for us. B- evil bus driver. What is this? <laughs> Maliciously. <laughs> it wasn't that Nathan Nathaniel ran a red light. It was no. maliciously. No, put this bus driver down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah like shot. apparently. Yeah. No, if you want to watch something where someone rallies against a bus driver that shoots somebody, watch Margaret. I mean, or that hits somebody, watch Margaret. Take carve out three hours of your day and watch Margaret. Um, what else happens? Nate goes on several runs. Oh, those don't matter. The only thing that happens afterwards <laughs> that matters is we get the funeral where yeah. there's the salt shaker and then he's like, that's not real. We need to grieve publicly. That's the only way it's real. Emotions need to be big. You can't, that's the only, you're not free unless you've got these big gigantic emotions. So let me pick this dirt up and throw it on top of the casket. Cause that's real. This AstroTurf, that's not real. And it's just like, what? What yeah, that's a, a perspective. I don't know. People deal with their father's death in all kinds of ways. Yeah, and and Nate chooses to do it by being a big drama queen in this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hey, I'd like know. to remind Nate you guys, convert- it's all about but Michael me. C. Hall. But Michael <laughs> C. Hall. But Michael Nate C. Hall converts to Judaism challenge. Adds to the drama. Like he doesn't. He doesn't fucking like. He's not. He's not actually calming him down and making things better. He's no. actively making things worse by getting into yeah. an argument with him in this moment. And yet. Yes. Not even the most tactless thing that happens at that funeral. No, because you have the Kroner rep who comes up. Yeah, Kroner are the villains of the first couple seasons of like the funeral home conglomerate thing. Yeah, yeah. because a guy comes up and is just like, "Well, I want to talk to you about buying your funeral home. You know, you'll you'll be the manager. You know, we'll keep the name, but you'll join us. I know that your father was. Why not just just wait to call them a fucking week?" Uh, later like <laughs> well it's like uh it's like an ambulance chaser i guess or something like yeah. that he's like gotta get them when they're down and vulnerable but michael c hall is like i really want to punch something you should leave before i punch you and you think that's going to be the only act of physical violence in the two episodes we watch but then instead we get uh some wire work in the second episode that was breathtaking mm. uh, but i mean that's i mean you know what the show you know we get to the close of this episode uh where Really, all that happens is it's just like Ruth is just like, "Hey, can you stay, Nate?" And he had talked uh, to um, Brenda. Brenda? Yeah, Brenda. Because she shows up. Oh, they had the weird grocery store <laughs> confrontation. Uh, the, also. I mean, grocery store doesn't matter. Nothing. Like you know, the grocery store is a moment where you're like, "Is this supposed to be pitched for humor?" When she throws the cantaloupe, and then someone's like, "You're gonna have to pay for that." Uh, yes. It's completely unclear. Yeah, and and oh, all throughout, uh, Nate keeps uh, envisioning. Well, everyone keeps envisioning. Uh, Richard Jenkins there. Nathaniel Sr. Yeah, Nathaniel Sr. They see him. 
in a variety of ways and you know they project onto him like their insecurities or I'm not really sure what Clara Mitch. sees with it because she's yeah. like the one who sees him being a chill bro like the coolest dude I think Claire's kind of a daddy's girl maybe yeah. and then yeah Nate obviously would you know want left you know tried to get the fuck out of there and David is the sort of prodigal son who yeah. wants to continue the family business and uh wait that's not the, that's, that's not, not what, what the prodigal, prodigal son, son does son means whatever Nate's the prodigal son he leaves and comes <laughs> he back left that's and literally came back. Yeah, right. the story that's the of the prodigal thing. son whatever yeah. don't worry about it David is the perfect son who wants to continue the there family business and keep it going. <laughs> but you're yeah, so prodigy. About that. If you're if you're nice to me about <laughs> the, not liking the, prodigy the show, son. I'll cut it together so yeah. you don't sound stupid. The, 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 yeah, no, it's the prodigal and the prodigy son. That's how that, yeah. that that fable biblical tale goes. Yeah, and the episode closes with uh, Nate going on one of the many runs he's gone on in this show, um, uh, and uh, looking and seeing his dad uh, seemingly get on a bus, and you think to yourself. That must be a metaphor for like him moving on to the afterlife. But then you learn, like, wait, he just keeps appearing in the show? This wasn't the one time they do yeah, this? Yeah, I don't know what, what yeah. that bus thing was about at all. <laughs> and then everyone they... also is staring at Nate, like, what is this freak doing? This, like, staring yeah, across the street. He's just fucking looking at people. And and the thing is, I like that I like that the first person he looks at just smiles at him because he is attractive. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. if he's staring at someone, yeah, there's a chance someone's just going to be like, oh, hey. <laughs> But then, but then, like older women with kids are like, "Why is this fucker staring at me?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that's so the that's, pilot. That's the pilot. Um, I think the central thesis of the show is stated in this episode, which is when Brenda says, "Are you mad that he died, or are you mad that we're all going to die, or whatever?" It was. Yeah. Like, and then he's yeah, like, that's... "Are you a shrink? Oh God, you're a shrink." She's like, "No, both of my parents." Were. No, my parents are because Brenda was. A famous gifted child whose witty conversations with a therapist were turned into a best-selling book. Uh, I didn't that know is, that. Nor, nor did I want to. Wait, wait. She's amazing, Amy. Basically, yes. Incredible. She does seem like somebody who would. Uh, Brenda could have killed Nate and gone all Gone Girl on this. No hesitation. If that had had how the show had been. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that's how Nate died. Because Nate died. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I mean, we talk, you know, we try to, you know, uh, say feelings on the, on the pilot and whether we think it works. To me, it would definitely be the thing where I'd be like, well, you know, in for a penny, I'll see what else is coming on. Matt clearly would drop this show. I wouldn't have made it through the pilot probably, if, if yeah. I didn't have to watch this for this. Yeah. So, Steven, you're the, the one that... Stands. Yeah, if I'd only difference. seen the finale, I probably would have watched a bit. If I'd only watched the pilot, I would, I would not have, I would not have turned on the second episode. I, like it was just, it was like I, I didn't buy into it. I didn't buy into the characters. I, I, I couldn't figure out if it wanted to be a drama or a comedy very well, um, and it didn't play that dramedy as smartly yeah, like, as like a Succession, uh, even though it shares a character with Succession, uh, which I learned later. Because HBO's own. Mascot, oh. James Cromwell shows up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mickey Mouse of HBO appeared. I yeah. saw James Cromwell, and my first thought, my first embarrassing-ass thought was, oh, it's the guy from iRobot, <laughs> which I knew would, like, get oh an eye roll from. Oh, God. <laughs> I, uh, I was like, oh, it's Zephram Cockrum, uh, just because I had literally been listening to a podcast talking about Star Trek right before you appeared. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, uh, I, I enjoyed watching the finale. I'm kind of glad I watched it, but like, I wouldn't. I'm today. I wouldn't watch this show if I only watched the intro. I wouldn't watch this show. It, okay. 
My thoughts, I think the first time I watched it were similar to Ian's, um, although I think I liked it more than he did at first, um, where it was just like, yeah, I'm watching it. It was also like the summer after I graduated college and was immensely bored, so uh, it was a good time to get into the show. Uh, my, just slightly my less boring than your normal life. <laughs> <laughs> but I did enjoy it, uh, obviously, and grew to love it. And, so, yeah. and so when you well, the thing is when people talk about the show, my feelings though are they only ever talk about the finale, and watching the finale, I realized they also only ever talk about the last, last 10, ten minutes of the finale. Yeah, and I realized watching this what this is, it's reverse up. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and I think yeah. everyone only talks about the first six minutes of ten up. Minutes, yeah, yeah. It's everyone only talks about the a ten minute window of it. That happens to be a montage that shows you everything that happened to someone that exists to make you cry. Even if you're like, ah, this doesn't really actually working for me on an intellectual level. There's just your own baggage that you carry into it. So you cry. And then afterwards you think, was that all good or did it just make me weep? Because I think up is okay to bad. And watching this had me remembering that a lot at the end, where yeah. I was just like, yeah, this is just reverse up. Yeah. It just hits you because you're like, <laughs> one day I will die, and my mom is going to die, and my brother is going to die. Wait, Ian. Well, the other thing about... Wait, Ian. Reverse up, that's down, and this is six feet under, Whoa. so... Dude, ah, it all works out. I'm throwing stuff again. I'm, I'm, I'm losing... Oh, <laughs> you got me. Green, ah. uh, the important... The other important thing to remember going in the finale is this show's central gimmick was the big, the cold open of every single episode is somebody dying. And I then wonder. like the backdrop <laughs> of every episode is that person's funeral at Fisher. Funeral. Oh, so that which puts the, I was going, that puts which the I was stillbirth say, in Matt, context. If you can find, if there's a supercut of like Wait, all the six feet under deaths, I think Matt should watch that. I think you get a lot more enjoyment <laughs> because some of them are wild. There's a dude gets cut in half by an elevator. There's a dude Damn. who falls into like a big mixing thing at a factory. Uh, I yeah, think my favorite is great. the guy who, the guy who's backing out of his driveway. And he leans over to pick up a newspaper, then he falls out of the car, and then the car runs over his head. Uh, someone gets mauled by a cougar. There's like, oh man, <laughs> there's some wild deaths. It's so really fun. I'm to sure think, like, there's a cut somewhere. But just watch the supercut of CSI watch Miami deaths followed by puns because that's a better <laughs> also that. great. It's, it's fun. Th- but uh, it's also fun that it's just as you're describing this at the moment, you're like six feet under a while. How did this guy also create True Blood? You describing that scene. Oh, of course, this guy also created <laughs> True Blood. It's like, oh, I don't want to write a show that's both fun and like serious. I'll write the serious show and then the fun show. Yeah, I, I, I thought because I was, I was watching, I was like, this thing, this is the one that's like, we break the mold. There's a birth at the beginning, not a death. Yes, uh, exactly. The character's wow. not stillborn, Stephen. That. It's a uh, it's, it, fe- it seemed sorry. It seemed like sorry. It seemed like the yeah. kid was gonna die, and I thought it was dead. And I think no. they meant to make you think it was. They're dead meant to make you think like yeah. an, it's gonna say 2005 to 2005, and then it doesn't. It's just yeah, yeah. I no, love that this is a show that exists in the exact time when the first episode can be four three ratio, and the last one yeah, can be yeah. you know, standard <laughs> high def. <laughs> so it was like I opened. I was like, oh right, yeah, 2001. We're gonna get the box. And then the next one came in, and it was like the whole screen's open. And I've got like a big TV, and I was like, whoa, right, wow. <laughs> I could, it's like I'm in the room where she's giving it's, birth. And this birth it's keeps going baby. on a while. Uh, uh-huh. They did the classic let's ugly up this woman having birth thing um, uh, to the point where I did, I was like, is this a stranger? 
or is this I thought that I thought that one of the nurses was Ruth and I was like is that I the character we know that. in this scene <laughs> uh, I, also, I yeah. was like that old woman nurse looks was she a nurse before? I was like I was like did she become a uh, did she become a midwife at some point or like it was so weird yeah and so she looked a get, lot like her I don't know we we get, we are open with Brenda giving birth to uh, Willa what, Willa? Wyla? Yeah, Willa. Why? Willa? Yeah, classic um, name from Succession. Brenda uh, has Nate's baby. Brenda has Nate's baby and is plagued by visions of him. And they're all about her fears. That's mostly her plotline for this episode. Yeah. This, is why, pl- this is why I thought there were hallucinations and ghosts. Because we see her... Like, obviously, you could be like, oh... It's just her fears, her PPD, or her fears about this baby being unhealthy, like uh, being assuaged when she sees Nate and Nathaniel in the room coddling the baby, being like, oh, we're in love with this baby forever. After the whole episode, Nathaniel's been, oh, yeah, well, this baby's going to be fucking sick and she can't breathe and you know something's wrong with it and there's some blood test that I don't know about that went wrong and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but... You could say, "Oh, this is just her getting over this," or you could say, "the the the bad the Nathan- bad Nate is her hallucinations, and then the the ones that love the baby are ghosts." I like that interpretation. I like that much better. Sure. I'm I'm completely down with all of this. The issue I have more than anything you said was the fact that you abbreviated postpartum depression into PPD. Dude, you landed that plane really you- well. Though. <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> are you doing? Because you started with her going, you started going, you know, it could be issues with her PPD. And I was like, what is he saying? <laughs> what? Oh, he abbreviated postpartum depression because that's what he does. That's how it is probably. But you just said her PPD. And I was like, what is he, where is he going with this? Yeah, I thought you Did were you saying. Did you think I like, was trying to say he represents her peepee? No, like, I thought yes. you were saying you were like, oh, he, rep- he represents her, you know, insecurities and yada yada yada. Like I thought that's what you were. It was but just you your, said but it was also you, just, you did it to three people who are so online that when you say that, what we're thinking is you're going to go peepee poo poo and say something. <laughs> that's <junk>. true. <laughs> because he represents her peepee poo poo brain. <laughs> I literally just read the Patricia Lockwood novel. Like that's half of that book, basically. Like, let's let's continue. Who who else's pee pee poo poo brain can we talk about? <laughs> well, we can talk about Claire's pee pee poo poo brain because it does seem like they were just like oh, she's so she's grown. she's way hotter though. She's so hot. But you know who's the biggest snack in this episode? Nude Christmasina walking Christmas around. Yeah. Nude Christmasina walking around the apartment playing Christian listening music. To fake, <laughs> listening to like fake Creed. Well, yeah. oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that is a weird scene. <laughs> it was so weird. Where and, she's like, well, "You voted for Bush, and I fucked you. I can't believe it." And Let's I was take so weird cons- avant-garde photos. But he had also left Let's voicemails. This shit. There, there were there were voicemails left that was like encouraging her to do something. And then this scene happens where they're talking. I was like, "So wait, are they dating?" For a while, did they just meet? Is this something that's supposed to be like twinning the Nate-Brenda relationship? It's probably not that. And then later, Jeremy Sisto literally says they did that. And I was like, wow! <laughs> who's Jeremy Sisto that. play? The, the brother Brenda's who... brother who's wearing the most 2005 shirt of all time. Is this... Is this what would Jesus bomb? Is it, wait, <laughs> it's is that Billy? Yes, that is, is yes, Billy. Billy. Okay. Yes. Did he used to date... Claire or something? Yes, he dated Claire. Okay. 
and was very he possessive. He quite literally says he's jealous of the guy fucking her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is something. He That's... dated Claire and never gets over her. When you see him when Brenda dies, he's still talking about, like, trying to find closure. He's talking He's talking about Ted or whatever and oh, rambling about that relationship 60 years later or whatever. I didn't know who Ted is. Ted is Christmas Eve. His name Great. is Ted. I was looking up, like, the list of characters. His name is Ted Farewell. <laughs> <laughs> wow you can't a guy's last name so, can't be farewell <laughs> I, I mean it can they literally it shouldn't made be it on a show farewell. like this it's very yeah it was kojima well if it was kojima it'd be like ted funeralman or whatever but <laughs> still, it's ted temporary <laughs> fuckman <laughs> but also ted future husbandman ted, yeah this show does every person other than Christmas Cena dirty in the old age makeup, and they're just like, no, Christmas Cena's just going to get salt and pepper and look like, like, you're just like, oh, look at that, you know, look at that, you know, that silver-haired fox over there. Meanwhile, they're just like, yeah, here's what we think uh, Michael C. Hall's going to look like in 2021. <laughs> uh, watching He's Michael C. Hall age, f- like, six times was amazing. I was like, okay, well, what's Michael C. Hall going to look like this time? Like, every time they made a cut. Uh, but no, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so Claire is a photographer now, and she's got a job. She she had an interview for a – she sends an application for a job. It's incredibly unclear because the job's in New York, and then they don't tell her she gets the job. It's just at one point somebody from HR calls and asks for her social and the Yeah, this is a weird address. way to tell her that she has the job. And then it's just like, oh, somebody forgot to call, tell, call her and tell her that she has the job. And then it turns out that that place got acquired by somebody, and so then yeah, now like two weeks she, later. So it's like I hope you haven't moved to New York yet. Uh, but she's about to move to New York, and she decides to do it anyways. And I have no idea how long the amount of time is that this occurs. Also, like it, it literally Definitely doesn't change weeks. like the end of the, like her decision at all. Like it didn't really need to be. I don't know. It's That's a so weird sweaty. decision. It's yeah. so weird. It's only happening via voicemails the mm-hmm. whole time. At least they're consistent. Like, everyone's plot kind of seems like it's happening over weeks. Like, the whole, like, Michael moves out and, like, I and, was like, so needs some time. Sorry, not Michael. David. David. Uh, yeah, sorry. I was calling They've him. They've adopted twins. Name. Or not twins. They've adopted uh, two kids. Two kids um, who love MCR and Avenged Sevenfold. And Fairly Odd Parents. Busters. Yeah. Uh, I love the Crimson the- Chin. The, the younger kid, sweet, great. He must be protected. Uh, also, kid, one of them I in real life him. went on to play D1 football for Notre Dame and SMU. Good for him. That's Which one? Uh, the older one. Well, I did say we could just lose him. So, well, <laughs> hey. His, he was he was uh, the obnoxious, you know, like, y'all are leaving. The, I like the, I like the old versions of them who don't look anything like these kids at all. I was very confused <laughs> with the recasted ones. Well, I mean, were they going to do uh, old person makeup on kids? I guess that would have actually been awesome. Yeah, no, but like, yeah, if you were going to do a casting call, a if you were going to do a casting call, you could do something with like without a guy who has like a really weird head shape that stands yeah. out that looks nothing like these two. It was no, it wasn't even like, <laughs> is that supposed to be one of them? Like, yeah, was maybe. Had, had, so I couldn't tell who some of the people after were after getting all. hit by a bus. That happens a lot <laughs> yeah. on TV. Well, Claire is deciding to move to New York. You know, they're all reeling from the sudden death of Nate, which I did know as just like a thing that happened, like Before an infamous sort of, yeah, like an infamous yeah. thing that happens with like four episodes left or something like that or whatever. Yeah. But while they're all, while they're all dealing with that, um, Ruth is just, uh, she's crying everywhere. 
She's weeping. She's miserable. She staring off in the him, distance. I, this is a part where you can give some context, but not too much, please. But like Nate and Brenda already had a kid. No, Nate had oh. a Nate? kid with okay. a, in a previous relationship with a woman named Lisa, who he had a shotgun wedding with. She has his kid. They have a terrible marriage. She uh, leaves to like drive up to Big Sur or whatever and see her family, and then just dis- and then disappears. And there's several episodes of like what happened to Lisa. No one knows. Her body washes up on a beach. It turns out she and then she was with her brother-in-law that night because she was having an affair with her brother-in-law. David goes to confront him. It's strongly implied that he murdered her and then he kills himself. What? When I said there's a map plot, there's some map plot lines on this show. That's one that I was. Thinking who's of. the woman? Who's the woman who keeps saying mean things had, to Ruth? I I bet that's Brenda's mom. Yeah, is that Brenda's, Brenda's mom? mom? Yeah. Okay. But Maya, the other kid, is Nate's pre- kid with his previous uh, marriage that he had in between times that he was with Brenda. Seems like a lot happens to that guy. Wow. Okay. Because I was just like, yeah, there's another kid there. But, like, Ruth is just like, well, I'm never going to see Maya again. I was like, why wouldn't you see your granddaughter? It seems like you have a decent enough relationship with her mother. What yeah, is going I, on? Yeah, I have no yeah. idea what that was. But, yeah, so she's uh, she's in mourning, and she decides, like, I guess I'll move in with James Cromwell. Uh, or, um, with George? Is that what this George name was? George Sibley, yes. No. Seems like a sweet man. She's like, I guess I'll move in with Farmer Hoggett over there. Um, and he can push me. Farmer Hoggett pushed me, of course. Um, uh, but then she's just like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to move in with Kathy Bates. Bettina. And, uh, okay, wait, Kathy Bates is Bettina? Yeah. Because she says I'm going to move in with... There's Sarah is her Sarah. sister. Okay, I was going to say, I'm going to move in with Sarah, and if Bettina doesn't like it, she can deal with it. So I assumed that Kathy Bates played her sister. Also, no. fuck yeah, was I amped when Kathy Bates showed up yeah. to collect a paycheck. <laughs> yes. I yeah. gather she, she was, was there a for bigger. like a I love second. Kathy Bates collecting a paycheck. Yeah. Much like we all, we all felt about the Waterboy. Except she's bad in that. She's, she's lovely in that. fantastic in the Waterboy. The only good performance, <laughs> other than Henry Winkler. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I'm sorry, yeah, you mean Henry Winkler. Yeah. But she, uh, yeah, it was just like, oh my god, Kathy Bates is here. Kathy Bates... <laughs> I'm so excited. I hope they give Kathy Bates stuff to do. And then they're just like, Kathy Bates is going to describe, bas- she's basically going to pitch Breaking Bad. <laughs> so she's like, we can, we can start making meth. She has like That's one how we scene can make money. where anything happens and it's like Cougar Town level acting uh, from everybody involved. <laughs> and, That's on the list, it's, right? It's, <laughs> it's got to be. It's it's and it's set during it's like golden hour. It yeah. There's like they're all drinking wine. There's a cheese board, and they're like George is here. George, George. It's just unbearable. So TV. like uh, so okay. So so question about Ruth's whole arc in this episode. The woman who and and it, Travis, I want you to answer this last after Ian and Matt sure. have a chance. Um, the woman who she calls to be like, was he happy that night? Was he like having an affair, and and he would, and then they got drunk, and then he drove home from it and died? Do we? Is that what happened? Do we? Th- what? Do we, who is that girl? Uh, is that like George? Okay, so here's my estimate because she was talking with George about a daughter that George has, and then she called that person. So I wonder. Here's my. Th- I know how Nate. I know what happens to Nate because it's an infamous thing. Because that's the norm, right? Isn't that norm? Yes, norm, that's where norm comes norm, from. Norm. Because he he like. 
I know he has, and like I, as I said, Does he I have a heart the, attack. No, I'd watched the first season. I know that a thing that like his character deals with through the whole show is that he has a condition that means like he could just have an aneurysm at any moment. Uh, yes, like and like the doctors found this thing. Like that's a thing that goes on with him, or like an aneurysm or a stroke. I know that he has a stroke because it's yeah. As I said, the infamous, and he he's says saying, the word narm. He's saying he's, say, he's trying to say numb, numb arm, arm. but oh, he goes, okay. he's going narm, 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 and as someone who's on TV tropes, I know what narm that's is. A, that's the name. Yeah, that's yeah, it's like a name of a thing. But so my guess though is like I didn't know what happened with that all, but I think like Ruth asks George about his daughter who he's distant with, and then she calls a person and talks to that person, and that's the who thing was about with where, Nate on the night that he died. Nate. So was was Nate involved with George's daughter, and that's how she met George? Could be. No, Damn she it. met George. But you're very close. So, <laughs> Ruth and George, the other funny thing about them not living together is they are married. Uh, what? Yes, they are married the and living together. Yes, on the show. And George, <laughs> this is George's eighth, like the eighth woman George has been engaged with. And oh, I don't know okay. how many he actually get married, like the whole thing. And so, yeah, his daughter, uh, Nate, has an affair with, with his stepsister and has a hemorrhage. This is normal. While I sex with her. Yeah. Huh. And dies. Norm. Uh, dies Norm. a couple episodes later. Like he goes, to yeah. Like he's awake, and then, but he, uh, yeah. I know the infamous thing from just like yeah, being and like reading enough like TV criticism stuff, enough like uh, aggregate lists where they talk about like he wakes up from the coma, and they're like, all right, now it's time for him and Brenda to get back together, and then he like breaks it off for good, and then like dies the next episode or something like that, mm-hmm. or even in that episode. That I did mm-hmm. know, but I had no idea of the other child or that Brenda. Was pregnant at the time. I didn't realize that Nate is just um, Billy Crudup. I did not realize that Nate is Billy Crudup leaving his uh, like eight month pregnant wife for somebody else. Did Billy yeah. Crudup do this How in real life? How could Dr. Manhattan do that? Really, really, Billy Crudup did that to Mary Louise Parker and he left her for Claire Danes. Damn. And she was eight He's going pregnant. with all the Showtime ladies. <laughs> well, it was before they were on their shows. <laughs> But I mean, and so like that, that's okay. So that's what happens with Nate. Uh, yeah. And everyone's seeing him like they were seeing uh, Richard Jenkins, uh, Nate senior, Nathaniel or whatever. They were seeing him. Now they were just seeing Nate around as he, you know, tells everyone what to do. And then like the only other thing that really happens is like Rico wants to start his own funeral home. So he's Rico like, Rico has become like a partner in yeah the home. Yeah. So he's like, buy me out. Or he's like, well, let's sell the business. And they're like, yeah, let's sell the business. And then he's, and, and, uh, and David is just like, with all of this, I can do, with the money, I can do these things and we can start a new life and we can build a home or we can buy an actual house for the, the family. And then he decides he doesn't want to sell his father's business. So they have to buy Rico out. And then Rico goes and opens his own business, his own funeral home. And, Keith, and it's Keith's money. It helps yeah. buy him out. Yeah. And, and, and they're like, Brenda, we'd have to pay you back. And she's like, I'm rich as shit already. It doesn't matter. Uh, we're all family here, and uh, then they decide to move. Uh, Nate and or, or David, Keith, David moves in to the their old house, and that's like all that. And Claire, yeah, like leaves. That's all that actually happens in this episode. Okay, so now I have another. I have another question. I want to know what you guys yeah. think it happened. Why does David keep having this vision of a mysterious figure in a red hoodie? Stephen has to answer this one. I know this. I mean, I assumed that that was some representation of death but could it be death in the form of aids matt what do you think uh, uh, man oh. keith shot a child wearing a red hoodie <laughs> <laughs> i like that <laughs> one that's a very uh, good answer 
What Can happened I? is... Wait, 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 hold on. First, uh, I forgot. Yeah, there was the other thing that I really enjoyed in this episode, and I really enjoyed, thought it was hilarious, when David finally decides to confront this fear, and it is shot like a weird action movie thing where he's, like, jumping over a table shirtless yeah. in the morgue, wrestling with this guy. Can I try and say what I think it is, and you correct me? But I remember... Because sure. isn't it... He gets carjacked, and then that guy, like, assaults him and makes him smoke, like, crystal meth, and they, like... Mm-hmm. Do to him what that ha- what happened to that actor from Mallrats or whatever? I don't know anything about that actor from Mallrats, but yeah, oh, yeah some okay. psycho a guy posing as a hitchhiker. David picks him up. The dude, yeah, steals the hearse, like and just like psychologically tortures David for an entire episode. Puts a gun in his mouth, pours gasoline on him at the end, and a bunch of shit. And so David yeah. spends basically the last season and a half of the show just extremely traumatized about this guy. Hmm. Yeah, weird weird thing to put in the middle of this show is. My understanding, but yeah, yeah. it's very, um, it's very dramatic. The only thing before the death montage I wanted to get to is that uh, David says he made it to Moscow on Tony Hawk Underground. Shout out Tony Hawk uh, Underground. At some point. Fuck Eric <laughs> forever. It was confusing and weird uh, trying to piece together all of this stuff. And then, yeah, Claire is like, I gotta, I, I don't have this job, but I guess I can move to New York. And her, the vision yeah, of the her trust dead brother. Fund. Is, yeah, the vision of her dead brother is just like, well, you've got the trust fund. And you're like, hmm. Okay, how old is this character where Ruth has to be like, I'll unfreeze the trust fund or whatever, or I'll unlock the trust fund? She's 18. At this point, Claire's probably like 21. Okay, I couldn't, yeah, really couldn't tell. Um, and uh, she gets in a car and drives off with an embarrassing mix that Chris Messina has made for her, apparently. But he was uh, ahead of the game by being in Decia in 2005. Yeah, I, I, I heard that song and thought... Was Decia had a career at this point? Like I was like, this is like I was surprised that this song well, existed in two thousand five, but clearly I was wrong. Sia uh, Sia did have a career. She doesn't anymore, but she did that. <laughs> well, she also did in t- twenty twelve. Let me tell you, if it wasn't dead, that movie she directed is gonna put that career in the ground. Yep. <laughs> what movie did she direct? Oh, you don't know. Oh <laughs> boy, she basically she basically. <laughs> She basically made Simple Jack, um, but (laughs) about music. It's called Music. Yep, and it stars the girl that's in the music videos, Maddie Ziegler, playing like an autistic child. Yeah. Fresh off her previous role in The Book of Henry. Um, When are we going to watch it? Anyway, so yeah, book. now we, we get to the montage of the future. We get to the we get to the reverse up where we learn how everyone is going to die. And well, Michael C. Hall should sue because the, yeah. like, no, Michael rule, C. Hall looks dude. like it's, it's just it's just it's so funny every time a show is just like He's a guy who's always looked forty, so Yeah, but it's just this happens throughout the show. Every time some show is like, we're going to do a time like leap and we're going to show what we think this guy's going to look age like. And every time that actor ages so much better than they anticipate. But it's just because like. Because they're actors and they yes. can do that. In <laughs> but a way yeah, they're fighting so aging. But also it's like. They're really, he, the, like, does he die in 20? No, Ruth dies in 2025, okay. but he's so already old forwards, in 2025. We, it starts when we see Ruth and she's enjoying her life. This is where we get the like. Her and Kathy Bates clinking wine glasses, and it's and the like Cougar there's scene. immediately, yeah. Well, there, there, it's immediately like let's rub thick Vaseline on the lenses and saturate <laughs> yeah. these fucking colors. Wait, I'm sorry, we jumped over one thing before that we I what have the to reminiscing talk about of Nate. Well, yeah, they do that. They have the dinner. They reminisce about Nate. I have no idea how long it's been. No, that's not the part. 
It's just right. It's the morning when Claire wakes up to leave. The weird dream we get, sequence. Yeah, we get one throwback. It seems like I guess to the ads because it's it's Peter Krause all in white. Oh yeah, sing, like when he's lip syncing to. Um, I just want to uh, celebrate. Yeah, I just want to celebrate. Where it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh it's yeah, just that, like, that was what weird. The hell is this? Yeah, so like- because because you guys were like, oh, because Travis earlier had said, yeah, I just wanted to watch this because of the last 10 minutes. I was like, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I clicked <laughs> and it was like, there's about 10 minutes left in this show. And I was like, what is this? Like, is it 10 minutes of this? <laughs> It turns into a, it turns like the end of Slumdog Millionaire. There's gonna be a whole dance <laughs> musical like, it's out of nowhere. <laughs> if that was, I mean, that would be amazing. If it was like, yeah, I wanted yeah, you guys so. to see the last ten minutes. And it was like, oh. yeah, the last ten minutes are an extreme Bollywood esque dance, epic dance sequence. It's a curtain call for every actor that's ever appeared while Super Trooper uh, by, uh, oh, by yes. Abba is playing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is how, of course, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Uh, here we go yeah. again. Ends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, anyway, it's no. Instead, we get yeah this montage of her driving. Uh, lots of lots of deep focus in this, and you know it's great and it's fun. But yeah, so we see Ruth enjoying her life. We see David with his son um, Durrell. There's Durrell uh, and Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I just double checking the pronunciation. Durrell, who um, now has found out what ecstasy is. He did learn. Yes. Yeah. What's ecstasy? Why? Well, <laughs> and then it's medicine, is what they tell him. That's well, I mean, that's a, what if my kid asked me what fucking heroin was and I was like, it's medicine. And he was like, my, my friends are doing heroin. And it's like, okay, cool. That's medicine. I'll do it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's not what you say. Way, medicine's a good way to get people not to do it. Hate taking medicine. Oh, fair enough. Oh, it but tastes I'll, like, it tastes, tastes like medicine. Oh, it tastes cherry. Oh, no, thanks. <laughs> So David teaches uh, Durrell about embalming. You see, like, a little bit of that. And it's like, ah, somebody take over the family business again, I guess. And we've got, we see the Fishers uh, celebrating Wyla's uh, first birthday. And then um, we see David and Keith, and they get married. And this is, like, the first uh, marriage, the same-sex marriage in television. Uh, Even if it's not really a thing. It's not really in in the the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then we get um, Ruth dying of old age in 2025. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... James Cromwell looks exactly the same because he's James Cromwell. They're like, I don't know how to put old age makeup on you. It turns out he looks like he does in 2021 in yeah. real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, David and Claire and George are at her side, and this is when the Michael C. Hall makeup starts going buck wild. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, uh, it's the thing where I was like, okay, so this is 20 years from now. How old is Claire? She's at her mother's funeral. Everyone's there mourning. Chris Messina walks up looking un- like incredible because they're just like, here's some black and white. We drew two lines on your face. And he's just like, hey, let's get okay. married. And it's going to be apparently at Star Command. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's at Starfleet because it's all white and I can't tell where it is. <laughs> they look like they're seated, seated in a teleportation room. <laughs> I have is- to stop. I have to stop to let you guys know. Uh, a, a very stupid Stephen Brain thing that happened where I just, just now, just literally now, you've been saying his name for uh, two hours, just now realized that this first, this man's first name is Chris, and he is not like Madonna having one name, <laughs> one name stage is- name, Chris Messina. Chris- <laughs> <laughs> Stephen! <laughs> Stephen! <laughs> 
I was like, where the fuck is the break in his name? His first name isn't Christmas. It's not Christmas, last name Ina. I don't fucking understand. Is it just Christmas Ina? I don't understand at all. And then I was like, oh, Chris, his first name is Chris. Like, I had to really think about it. Wow. <laughs> where is the break? He's saying Christmasina. You guys weren't saying. You guys were not saying Chris Messina. You guys were saying Chris Messina. Like it sounded like one name. That's how you say someone's name. <laughs> Chris Messina. It's like P P D. The yeah. Steven's timing is all. This is broken. My brain. Anyway. <laughs> okay. We anyway. have a friend named Chris. Anyway, so she gets married to him. Um, and then we see Keith uh, taking out. Uh, he's like unloading. He started uh, a private security company. He's unloading an armored car. And, and he gets uh, fucking blasted. Gets Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Fantastic death for that guy. What? <laughs> What? Was the Joker in town? Who is this heat? Who is just, whose robbery plan is I'm going to shoot the guy in the armored car? It's just just such a comic booky thing to suddenly have a fear. Yeah, he gets. Like, it's not, it's like not even like he was in a shootout. Like, suddenly a man shot him. Like, he didn't see him coming. Like, this guy was... I mean, he was then, he was in the Phantom Thieves. They didn't hold him up. They were just like, "Let's kill him immediately." Yeah. Um, and next, next it's it's twenty twenty four, and David. Once more, we get some um, uh, oh hello or whatever it is uh, yeah. old age makeup <laughs> as he's seated at some family function, and he sees you know there there's uh, there's a bunch of the family playing football, the younger generation, and he. He looks. This, this is in twenty twenty four. This is later than that. I said fifty four. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. sorry. It's not like twenty twenty four. And I was gonna say oh, yeah. it's I wild apologize. that none of them died in the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Regardless, it's wild none of them died yeah. in the COVID nineteen. Uh, uh, twenty forty four. Uh, he. Uh, but he see he looks over at this football game and he sees. Uh, suddenly he sees Keith for a second catch the football, and looks over and smiles, and this is yeah, when I can take over. the. Well, hold on. Before we get to the kills over part, this is when I did take the photo of the tear streaming down my face <laughs> and send it to Travis going, you know, it still does kind of work on you. And then immediately after I had sent, I resumed, I hit play, and then <laughs> they were like, Michael C. Hall, you're going to have a heart attack and die. And he's like, okay, cool. So you want me to tr- act kind of like a cartoon wolf just saw a sexy woman because he like yeah. sticks his head forward and is like, oh, and then oh. falls over dead. <laughs> it's, he, he might as well have gone like, hello, nurse. Awooga. 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 <laughs> if they'd replaced his eyes with hearts, like. And then uh, Rico, he's on a cruise. Rico's his, my favorite death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on a cruise with like his wife, you know, and, and the last we saw Rico, you know, he was uh, young Rico celebrating the fact that he's gonna he's getting bought out and he's gonna open up his own business and it's him shuffling uh to like you know go to the cabin go to the he's uh, like the he's clearly like, like grabbing his arm he's like i think something's yeah. wrong with my arm i think and he starts walking yeah know, and he doesn't and even make it to the doors when he falls over on the cruise and, ship. and it hits slow-mo very suddenly it's just like, <laughs> like uh, it's yeah, like it's, you want to i want to put like a wasted thing over what happens to <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a strong it, bad's voice <laughs> it's it's Tony Romo. 
It's, it's Tony Romo circling in yellow and talking about poor form away from just being like the replay of what happens there when they hit that slow-mo. Just like, you never want to set up like that right there. Yeah. That's, it's also like they, unclear because you're, you. you're like far away and you're like, who is this? And then it's yes. like Federico, whatever. <laughs> and uh, blank to 20 And then we get Brenda. In, the other funniest death because Billy's in, just rambling at her for the millionth yeah. time and she just... It, dies in 2051 yeah you're just like wow this makes this is really this has got some there's some power to this it's gonna make me cry and then rachel griffiths chooses to die or has her the the way she acts this death is her head just slinks back and it's just open and she's moving it like bernie basically yeah and that's i think played for comedy in yeah. like what billy is doing where it's just like he will never never let go of like claire and she just finally dies from hearing too many of his rambles and then we make it to 2085 Claire, 2085, 102 years old. 102 years old! <laughs> years old, famous photographer. 102 years old, in makeup that makes her look like 137 years old. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's looks she like looks like she looks keeper. like when uh, like like when you see a, a witch with a spell that's that makes her young finally get take whatever accessory she has off and she ages to be the nine hundred yeah. years that she actually is. Yeah. If I'm being charitable, I will say it's really remarkable that she lasted another twenty years after she threw the heart of the sea back into the ocean at the end of Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, she's looking she's looking like the old lady's mom from SpongeBob or whatever. <laughs> Uh, Matt, you want to get in on? Matt, you like, get in on this? Or like Prince Philip, <laughs> current, like Prince Philip currently does. <laughs> what? What did he say? <laughs> She's the got most, a nurse just reading to her, and she just gives in. Yeah. It, <laughs> She's looking at uh, she's looking at photos of her family. Are they all around her on the wall? And she dies. And the most bold thing that this show says is that there will be a human society in 2085 yeah insane the final thesis is death is the end like 100 percent the end (laughs) it is it's as you know as i've been saying before it's the reverse up it's just like here let's get you let's get you crying and then they do the credits and it's black text on white because they kept fading to white throughout Mm -hmm. the episode that makes sense yeah that was good um it did remind me I have the idea originally for Midsummer that it was instead of going to have black bars, it was going to have white bars oh my for God. that film, which would have been a cool thing. Wow, that would have been but. insane to look at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the movie was already to, insane to, to look at, but that yeah. would have been yeah, that was a weird movie to look at. To help replicate the whole, uh, to help replicate the whole, um, uh, you know, it's the constant light. Yeah, and all of that. They're going to do that idea. Uh, it's a cool thing. Uh, but yeah, so that is that's. The finale, um, and it is funny that like, it's not just that. Oh, this this ending is how everyone talks about it. I I was double checking who, who the actors were on Wikipedia for some of this uh, at various points, and as I pull up the list of characters, because that's the, was the easiest mm-hmm. way for me to find this. At the bottom of the page, it's just like, well, the series ends in two thousand five. The finale, everyone mating, was met with universal acclaim from both critics and viewers alike, who cited the fact that the finale looked. Decades forward to the end of each main character's life, as shown in the biographies before below, and I feel like the way that this show talks, like people around the, talk about this finale, it feels like Utah Jazz fans, if that makes sense <laughs> to Travis and Stephen. Where they Can you give me like you, one more sentence? Uh, if, if you will tra- trash it, I post pictures of rocks <laughs> at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they won't let you forget 
Hey, this thing at the end, everyone loves it. Universal oh, okay. acclaim. Just finding anything. Why are like Utah Utes fans? It's the Utah's in power conference. Uh, yeah. Type it's thing. Just, oh, yeah. It's just like so weird that it does not stop letting you know. <laughs> hey, people like trying to find anything about this finale and people it's like people loved this finale. They loved also, it. Also, do you want to hear a very 2005 thing I meant to say earlier but couldn't find the right spot yeah. of uh I actually first heard about Nate dying from an episode of Best Week Ever. Oh, yeah, I watched that show. <laughs> Very good. So I so like um Best uh, Week Ever talking Michael about Black. 6 feet under is extremely yeah. 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 Michael Ian Black looks like that guy. No, he doesn't. No, no he, he does not. not. Don't do that to don't do that to Peter. We could sit and talk about UCB guys <sighs> or we could talk about what we thought of this finale and if it worked. I mean, I didn't like the lead up <laughs> to it because I couldn't tell how it was paced and it was very strange. It was just but people the having a bunch of long, sad conversations in various rooms and then a montage. I had no idea what to make of this. But it was all shot like it was dream scenes. Yeah. It would just be like, it would just be like suddenly Michael C. Hall standing there and he's like, Rico, I'm not selling my family's business. Who cares? He's like, so you're just going to buy me out? And it's like, we don't have the money for that. I'm sorry, we'll have to figure something out. And it's just like, it seems like Michael C. Hall is going to wake up in bed now. No, that's how that conversation really happened in this world? Okay. okay. The one image that always stuck with me from the finale is Michael C. Hall, is David waking up from a dream and just having uh, Nate sitting on his bed smile at him. Yeah. And this peer. I thought that's probably the, like, the single most effective, like, what it's like to, like, remember a dead person thing Ooh. I think that the show ever does is that. I, that uh, it also kind of reminds me of in, in the X-Files when um, Scully's dad died and then she has that weird, like, Lynchian vision where he's just, like, there and, like, mouth something at her. Yeah. My, yeah, favorite, like, scene, kind of my favorite scene in the finale, uh, and I, I don't claim to know anything about what good good shows are like, but... Um, my favorite scene was when Claire was leaving and everybody was on the stairs and she was like, I can't leave. And Nate was like, you have to leave. And because I thought it did a really good job, especially after like she excitedly got the job and her mom literally like couldn't even look at her and, and all that stuff. Like, you know, they were, they weren't being supportive and like it really, it, 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 it was, it sort of like encapsulated this truth of like in these big moments Sometimes all the people that truly love you are there for you in ways that they haven't been able to be it generally, like day to day, and which is why you're leaving in the first place, like that they can't be there for her in the ways that she needs them to be generally. I mean, she should leave anyway, but you understand what I'm saying. And then in that moment, when everyone's there for you as you're leaving, you're like, wait, when am I leaving? I love all these people. They love me. But, but you forget, like you forget what it's actually like day to day in that moment. And that's why you consider not leaving. I thought, and I thought that that was, that was really well done. Uh, in I don't know. It just reminded me of yeah. just like a truth that exists. No, in this I, world. I, I, I agree. I was going to say like, you know, I, I, I have a little bit more reference with the show, but like the, the one for me where out of these ones, I was like, I actually like the, the uh, Nate, like, no, you got to go. Like everybody's waiting. Come on. You, you, you have to leave. Like you can't stay and you don't want to yeah, stay. Up. You have to go. Yeah. And, like, just being that voice on that. And then, yeah. I mean, it was kind of funny, though, when she goes to take the picture. And he's like, you can't take a picture. It's already gone. And it's just like, what <laughs> oh. are you? Well, okay. that was, are that, you we, didn't need, we didn't need that, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who did it better, Supernatural or uh, or Six Feet Under? <laughs> the rapid aging of the characters in the last ten minutes. 
If instead of Sia, they played Carry On Wayward Son, how would you feel about this montage? So much better, better dude. Because <laughs> I also would have been like, wow, Supernatural reference six feet under there, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah, that's definitely what that would have been if this had happened. But anyway. Uh, the uh, I, I mean, I think it I think it works. I think it, it, it in that end part, it succeeds. I do. It is just funny. I mean. They have to do the old age makeup. I get it. It's just so... It takes you so out of it. Every show like, should do it. I really hope we continue yeah. on this path of every I show do, we yeah. watch having old age makeup in it. It is... We, we talked about this where it's like... There are the types of finales. And I was like, there's like... For the shows like Supernatural, there's two types of finales. The like, here is the climactic end. Or we've hit that climactic end. And now we're just wrapping up everyone's lives. And you get that sort of like, here's, you know, people have to move on sort of. And we got, this was another one of those where it's like the climactic thing happened mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago. And now it's everyone picking up the pieces. And it's fun that, yeah, it's like, yeah, beat for beat. It's a lot like that supernatural ending. You know, they're like, <laughs> well, how do we live with somebody's ghost? I don't really know how to carry on in this world. But all we can do is carry on, you know? You just got to get carry out there and go. Wayward son. Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that, w- that, was, that was Six Feet Under. And next week is True Blood, and we are going to get into that. And that's a show that a uh, few of us have some baggage with, but no, we, none of us have seen the finale. None of us have seen the finale. And I've seen, Travis, like... Oh, oh what? I was going to say, you've seen some of it? Uh, it used to, like, lead into something else later, so I've seen the last couple well, of minutes of a few oh, episodes. Incredible. So okay. my, my extent of experience with True Blood yeah. is one time I saw a vampire commit suicide in a tanning booth. And so, I was like, this seems like the stupidest show of all time. It's like how I've seen cumulatively an hour of Rizzolian Isles, but it's all been one minute of Rizzolian Isles before a TNT game yes, or something or like Bones that. Or Bones or Castle yes. or whatever. And uh, I'm aware that a lot of people go, sucker, on this show. That's all I know. Travis, tell me everything you think you know about the plot of True Blood. I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock starting now. I know it is about vampires living in New Orleans. That is the extent of my knowledge of True Blood. We will find out <laughs> if any of that is true next week. I do want to start off by saying... Maybe they survived Tra- Katrina. I don't remember when exactly. I, I want to... Was- s- <laughs> after- and- no, because Katrina would have been 05, so... I wonder if it deals with the same stuff as Treme. Maybe there's a Treme also, crossover. Who knows? Also, not set in New Orleans. We'll be back next week with True Blood. <laughs> Damn. It's set, in, it's set in Bon Tom. <laughs> it's, we'll be back next week with True Blood. Uh, thanks for listening to As You Know... Thanks to our producer, Matt Isiani. Thanks to whoever it is that we get to design our graphic. I will I apologize <laughs> in advance. It'll probably actually be me. So thanks to me for our temporary graphic. <laughs> thanks thanks Ian. to Stephen Doughton for the lyrics to our theme song. <laughs> thanks to <laughs> however we've decided to arrange them this week. Uh, as uh, we continue working on the first few episodes of this uh, new project, thanks for sticking with us. You can find me at Ian Ben Daughter. You can find Matt at fleshofthestars.bandcamp.com and Arthur with two H's.bandcamp.com. You can also find Travis at fleshofthestars.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, what if I did stuff, guys? <laughs> That'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>